Today we talk about the long road to WrestleMania, this past week's Raw and SmackDown, the WWE Hall of Fame, and so much more in this week's episode of 613 Wrestling. Let's get it started. Five, four, three, two, one. Six one three wrestling. With your hosts, Kyle Joseph and Mark Cote. What is going on, everyone? My name is Mark. I hope you're having a great week. We are just 10 days away from WrestleMania, and this long, long road we've been on is quite interesting. And that's kind of what I want to recap, you know, in this week's episode. The road to WrestleMania, Raw, SmackDown. You know, I got some, you know, I don't know, I did a little bit of research on the WWE Hall of Fame. Kind of want to talk about who's been inducted so far this year. But also, I took a little dip into the WWE alumni page on uh, www.com and I kind of made a list of individuals who I feel should be next based off of the alumni page that is um but yeah you know uh, this week's been a little crazy with work um you know and family uh but I'm really excited to kind of sit down and just talk to you guys a little bit about professional wrestling um you know so the road to wrestlemania right now what I want to kind of jump into is to do a quick little recap of the matches that we know. I know last week on the podcast, we went through, we had nine matches confirmed. Now we're at 13, I believe. Um, So over the last week, we've had about four matches more confirmed. And we actually still have, you know, one more week of wrestling, one more Raw, one more SmackDown. And we still have a lot of, you know, unanswered questions when it comes to certain matches, certain titles, So what I would like to do right now is kind of go over the card once more. I'm not going to go as in-depth as I know last week. What I did was I ran through the card, talked about what was missing, and then I kind of dived down a little bit into each, um, you know, each card, each each match, um, and, you know, who's facing who, and gave a little bit of a take on that. So I'm not going to go as deep, but I'd really like to take a look at where we're at now and where do I think we still need to be. So, of course, we do know um, the big breaking news this Monday on Raw was that we now have a confirmed main event based on WWE.com's show's WrestleMania page. Um, You know, they kind of have always put Brock Lesnar and Seth Rollins seemingly in the review page as the main event. But we didn't really know. There's been a lot of speculation. Is it going to be Becky, Ronda, Charlotte, and... Who's it going to be? If Kofi makes his way into WrestleMania, is it going to be Daniel Bryan versus Kofi? But yes, ladies and gentlemen, we finally have the answer to that question. What is the main event of Mania? And I'll tell you, I'm very, very excited and very, very happy. It is, you know, Ronda Rousey defending her Raw, you know, her Raw Women's Championship against Becky and Charlotte. Uh, when we talk about SmackDown, obviously, if you've watched your wrestling, we're going to be talking about this week's events and uh, hate to spoil anything, but uh, that main event just kind of got a little bit more interesting. And uh, I'm really excited to see next week's episode of SmackDown to see if anything is going to change in regards to, and I guess <laughs> I shouldn't be dancing around, obviously, Charlotte is the new SmackDown Women's Champion, uh, defeating Asuka this past week. 
that was crazy. The match wasn't promoted. You know, we didn't know that match was really happening, let alone the fact that the title was going to be defended, let alone did anyone think that Charlotte was actually going to beat Asuka for the title. What does that mean? You know, what's going on with Asuka? Was that intentional? You know, did, did they not feel so confident about Asuka going into W, you know, into WrestleMania against a certain opponent, seeing as how, you know, so much of WWE's mainstream female talent is kind of taken? And that's like Ronda, um, Becky, Charlotte, and of course you have Bailey and Sasha being the uh, tag team champions. So, I don't know. I guess we have been asking ourselves the question, Asuka's the women's champion on SmackDown, who is she going to face at Mania? So is this just another way to kind of not need to, I don't know, like Mandy Rose against Asuka again? Maybe there wasn't a credible opponent to go against Asuka, so it was easier to make this change? You know, who knows? But uh, but it is what it is, and hey, now... Um, it's, I believe it's still only for the Raw Women's Championship, but now Charlotte walks in with a little bit more clout and a little bit more credibility being the champion as well. Um, and uh, the cool thing about this is, and what I love most about it, and is, you know, watching people online, you know, some people, and you know who you are, and I hope if you are one of these types of people, I really hope you're not listening to this podcast. Because I see some really hateful comments online of people saying, oh, the only reason why they're main eventing is because they're women. The only reason why they're main eventing is because WWE wants to show equality. No, absolutely incorrect. I believe Dave Meltzer said it best. Um, and alongside many, many other legends in the business saying, this is simply one thing. The main event at WrestleMania needs to be the showcase of, if not a title, um, but also the people who have earned it the most. Becky, Charlotte, Ronda, they've earned this shot. They did it because of their hard work, their dedication to their craft, and everything they've done to build this match. That's why they're the main event. They are not... I, I feel really bad for you if you actually think the only reason why they're main eventing WrestleMania is because they are females. And it's another way to, don't get me wrong, it is another way to say, it, you know, I guess it's another way to, you know, say that, hey, this has never been done before. And it's true. You're breaking barriers once again. But, you know, I think anyone who watches wrestling and can appreciate great storytelling and just the art of professional wrestling, you can definitely agree with me when I say they've earned it. You know, they're three of the not just hottest females in the business, but you know, in the entire WWE. So congratulations to those three uh, women. And I'm really, really excited to see that, um, you know, especially when you talk about the long road of WrestleMania. And, you know, last couple of weeks, even today, that's been a big theme of myself and I know everyone else is the long, long, long road to WrestleMania. And even though it might be messy the way that we got here with Becky, Ronda, and Charlotte, with, you know, Becky being injured, Becky being suspended, Becky being reinstated... You know, Charlotte being added to the match, you know, it's the McMahons interfering, Triple H interfering. It, it was a really messy road the way we got here, but I think now that it's here, I, I'm loving it. You know, I'm super happy that it's still, you know, I, I still think that it should have just be Becky and Ronda on their own. But hey, Charlotte's here. We got to go with the flow. They've been telling a hell of a story. So I'm really excited for that match. 
Um, but yeah, um, I think I already said this at the beginning, but I kind of got a little carried away on that match. But we do know, yes, Brock Lesnar is defending his universal title against Seth Rollins. Uh, very excited for that one. I think this time it's going. To, it's it's a good time to dethrone the beast, and I think it's Seth Rollins' time. I promised myself I wasn't going to turn this into a WrestleMania prediction. That's going to be next week, so I'm going to try to uh, refrain myself. Uh, we also do have um, more stipulations to the match of Triple H versus Batista. Not only is it going to be a no-holds-barred, but it's also going to be um, a retirement match where if Batista defeats Triple H, Triple H has to retire from in-ring competition. Very, very interesting. You know, this uh, past week on Raw, I really did enjoy Triple H coming out and pulling, you know, the paper out of his pocket and I also really, really enjoyed how Triple H, you know, while he was clearly having issues pulling the envelope out of his pocket, he kind of poked fun at the fact that, you know, he's jobbing for the for for, for the letter. Um, that was really funny. And for I hope you guys giggled and got that, too. Um, but no, you know, it was it was a really creative way to kind of utilize Batista's stardom in Hollywood, where. Triple H was very much saying, like, you know, like, Batista's lawyer or manager wrote the letter, and they had demands, and one of them being, and I love this, is that Batista has requested that to help better accommodate his schedule, you move the date of WrestleMania, like, move a whole show that's been planned over a year, you know, for over a year they've known that WrestleMania will be in a specific place and time, and Batista's trying to go as far as say, like, I'm bigger than the WWE so much to the point where if you want me there, you're going to need to move the event to a date that I prefer. I thought that was actually a really, really creative piece um, to, you know, showcase Batista as a little bit more of a heel, but to also show how how cocky and how, you know, being a movie star, quote unquote, has gotten to his head. And, you know, I just really like that piece altogether. Uh, and one big thing we do know now, uh, once again, a long road to get there, but it's official this past week. Um, Kofi Kingston will face Daniel Bryan for the WWE Championship. I am so extraordinarily stoked for that match. You know, we'll talk about the breakdown of, the, of this past week's gauntlet when, we, uh, when I review SmackDown, but, you know, I guess we, we all knew this was going to happen, you know, or at least we all hoped that they weren't going to swerve it another way. Yeah, I remember mentioning last week that a part of me was a little nervous that Kevin Owens doesn't really have a place at WrestleMania so far, um, which is fine. He's only just recently came back from um, injury. But, you know, I was kind of thinking, like, wait a minute, like, are they going to, is this what they're doing? Are they dangling it in front of our face? And then eventually they're going to make it some kind of, you know, triple threat or fatal four way or 10 man match or something for the championship. And Kofi will just be a part of it. And I think this is amazing. The fact that Kofi Kingston is in a one on one match for the WWE championship. I'm over the moon. I'm so excited. Uh, and of course, you know, this past week's escalated a little bit more with The Miz cutting a promo on Shane McMahon. Um, you know, this one, once again, I'm still not completely sold. And I would say, and I've always been a big fan of Shane McMahon. And trust me, he does more in a wrestling ring than I can do. And probably most of us listening to this podcast could ever do. Um, but I think it's just really tough because the quote-unquote Shane McMahon WrestleMania spot has been something for quite a few years. 
and I just don't know what The Miz has to gain from this. Um, I don't see... I really hope... Well, I told myself I'm not going to go into predictions, but I just hope that like it can't go any other way other than The Miz winning. You know, it's sure, tell the story about we were a team, we're not a team... You know, you stabbed my back. I thought you had my back, whatever. You know, I guess I just don't really understand why we're here. I, I didn't understand why they were teaming to begin with. So I think this one's just a really confusing one because I'm not overly invested in it. And this is a the one match on WrestleMania that I would really define as, and I don't want to say filler, but I would really define as it's here to be here. Like the match is happening because it's happening. But there's no real point for it to happen. There's no real, you know, like there's no, nothing's on the line. A win from Shane doesn't get him anywhere closer to anything else. Because um, he's not an, a regular in-ring competitor. And The Miz beating Shane, The Miz should beat Shane. You know, The Miz is, you know, a very long, long-reigning, tenured professional wrestler with a huge resume and a long, you know, um, you know, I guess you know, the accolades that the Miz has between being a intercontinental champion, United States champion, tag team champion, world champion. It's just, I don't know. Like the Miz doesn't get any further in his career by defeating Shane. I'm rambling now. Uh, this one uh, still doesn't make sense to me, but hey, it's on the card. Let's watch it. Maybe they'll shock us. Um, up next, we have the AJ Styles versus Randy Orton. That one's been interesting. You know, at first, everyone was calling it the filler match. It's definitely not a filler match. I am looking so much more forward to this match than I actually thought I was going to be when it first came out. Super excited. Randy Orton and AJ Styles, they're very, you know, different, but also very similar in a lot of ways with, you know, their overall mission. So I think that's going to be a hell of a match, to be honest. Samoa Joe versus Rey Mysterio for the U.S. Championship. That one kind of, you know, came out of nowhere. Uh, Kurt Angle versus Baron Corbin uh, in Kurt Angle's final farewell match. Um, I'm still not convinced that it's going to be Baron Corbin. I think, you know, we're going to, this is to think that it's Corbin because I don't know. Like, you got to think, Kurt Angle is a you know, a former Olympian, 1996, he won a gold medal with a frickin' broken neck, or a broken frickin' neck, sorry, um, but, you know, through all of the things, like, and I remember I see, so I saw some comments online on Twitter saying that, oh, Kurt Angle's retirement match against Baron Corbin, this is Vince McMahon's way to say, screw you for leaving me for TNA, Impact Wrestling, all these years ago, I, I don't know Vince McMahon. I've never met Vince McMahon, but that does not sound like something he would do. Like, uh, especially to Kurt Angle, if if anything. Um, I, I, I do believe, though, that we're going to think Baron's going to come out, but I think a different competitor will come out um, and face Kurt Angle in his final match, his retirement match for WrestleMania. We know we have uh, Buddy Murphy versus Tony Nese for the Cruiserweight Championship. We do know now this past week, we do know it's going to be, which we kind of thought we were going to be here. Uh, it's official. Finn Balor will challenge Bobby Lashley for the Intercontinental Championship. We do know that a Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal will take place. And so far, we only have some Saturday Night Live guys and Braun Strowman. And I think someone else. Who else? Hold on. Someone else said they will be in. 
please correct me, guys, or help me out here. But I know someone else said that they were going to join. But regardless, it's happening. We didn't think it was going to happen, but it is going to happen. Of course, official as of this week as well, Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre. You know, we kind of knew this was coming, but Roman just needed to make it official this past week. And of course, something we talked about last week, guys, you know, we said, where was the women's tag division going? Uh, who was going to be, you know, challenging the Boston Hug connection at WrestleMania? We talked about it being Beth and Natty versus the Iconics, you know, versus um, Nia and Tamina and the Boston Hug connection. And that's exactly what it is. So we were right there, guys. Hurrah. Um, and of course, we know the musical guest uh, of Elias. I don't want to call it like a halftime show, but not a guest, but musical performance by Elias, which I'm still, I've been talking way too much about predictions today, guys. Sorry, I get all rambly, but, you know, I still hope that, you know, Elias goes up, maybe sings a song, but then gets interrupted and taken out by our truth and our truth wraps everyone away. I think that'd be great. Um, a couple of matches. So now let's go into a little bit of the unknown. I know I've been rambling a little bit about, you know, where are we at? What's confirmed? What do we know? But what do we not know yet? I find that very, very interesting, especially seeing that we are only one SmackDown and one Raw away from WrestleMania, 10 days away, but really you got to call it two more shows to make things official. But so far, you know, with Asuka losing the title, um, what does that leave for, what does that mean for Asuka? Is she going to be a part of WrestleMania in any way, shape or form? Um, we, you know, even both brands, tag team belts, you know, the Revival and the Usos don't really have a defined or, and sorry, more of a, an official challenger, uh, seemingly, uh, based off of how for the last 40 weeks in a row, Alistair Black and Ricochet have been challenging the Revival and everyone else and winning convincingly. My gut tells me that, you know, um, Black and Ricochet will challenge the revival for the tag team champions uh, championship, and also I do believe either the New Day makes their way in against the Usos, uh, but I would personally like to see the Hardy Boys against the Usos at WrestleMania. I think that'd be a really really cool match. But yeah, so so far like that's both tag team you know uh, tag team championships on each brand not really fully defined yet. Dean Ambrose, you know he's been on a little bit of a losing streak lately, but it's been more prideful. Uh, but is he going to play a part in WrestleMania at all? Or is he not going to be at WrestleMania at all? Um, I don't know of an exact date that his contract is up. But seemingly, I don't know. Like, is he going to help, you know, uh, Roman, you know, in his case with Drew? Is he going to be there to help Seth in any way? Or is he just not going to have anything to do in it at all? Or will he be a part of the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal? Hmm. Unsure. Um... Now, also, one thing is I, I was thinking about, too, and maybe I missed it, but I don't think I did. I'd like to think that I watched the wrestling pretty good, but hey, guys, correct me if I'm wrong. But last year, they had, you know, the very controversial, um, what is it, the Fabulous Moolah Battle Royal, uh, which was then named, you know, the, the, the Women's Battle Royal. But is there a Women's Battle Royal this year? I don't know. They haven't. It, Ten days away, guys. Hello. Is this on? Um, I would be very surprised if they have one, because if they do, that's probably the most least promoted thing I've ever seen. 
Um, just almost like the Andre the Giant one, only up until the other week, you know, we didn't know there was even going to be one on there. Because usually I think the last, you know, two, three years that they've had it, and for the last easily two months plus leading into before Royal Rumble, and then as of the night after the Royal Rumble, they talk about, you know, hey, the Memorial Battle Royal, who's going to be in it? Hey, and each week we got, I'm going to be in it, I'm putting my name in, you know, but this week, you know, we know a little bit more with just the Saturday Night Live guys going in, but, but we don't really know much else of, you know, so I think, unfortunately, I th- you know, but like we talked about last week, guys, I think it's just going to be a big old... I don't know, a big old pile of a bunch of wrestlers in a ring for a trophy that really has no major stipulation. You know, I remember saying years ago, way before we started the podcast, that I always felt that, you know, the underdog tale is very, you know, is very is a very powerful story you can tell in WWE. And I always thought that the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal winner should get a shot I know they kind of have money in the bank for that, but I always felt like, you know, they either get a shot at, you know, the or maybe it's they get a shot at the Intercontinental title, you know, or a shot at the world title um, at a future date of their choosing. Um, or maybe it's not like money in the bank where they can't just cash it in any time, but it's like, hey, I get a title shot. I'm now the number one contender. I think that'd be really cool being able to see a lot of the, you know, the mid-carters and dark match guys kind of face for that opportunity because anything can go and plus it can really help elevate that one person that you know isn't really there yet and isn't in the main top guy spot and button enough where you can think like man imagine they pulled it off it's almost like the rocky balboa story you know like the underdog comes through and Zack Ryder wins the Memorial Battle Royal, and oh my goodness, Zack Ryder's now, he went from can't even get any TV time to now he's the number one contender. That's crazy. You know, I always, I always thought that would be a really cool twist to it too, but, but, uh, but obviously not. They just win a really, really big trophy. That's it. So yeah, so that's really it for the lineup for WrestleMania, uh, and that's the unknown that we have so far. So like I said, guys, we have 13 matches conf- uh, confirmed, and um, looks like anywhere from 16 to 17 matches. If they add in the Women's Battle Royal, I believe that makes it 17. So we'll see. My goodness, that's going to be a long, 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 long night on April 7th. That's crazy. All right, so let's get into a little bit of uh, Raw and SmackDown. You know, Ross, you know, and I'm not going to talk about every single thing about Raw and SmackDown. You know, hopefully, if you guys are listening to this podcast... You guys are wrestling fans, and my hope is that you've watched your wrestling this week uh, before listening to this podcast. Um, But no, in no specific order, because I kind of took some notes all over the place. Uh, But like we said already, you know, Triple H kind of goes into the ring, talks about his match against Batista at WrestleMania. You know, uh, Batista wants to change, you know, some stipulation that if he beats Triple H, he retires all this and that. Um, I thought that was really cool because I think the cool thing about Triple H is that he's able to, you know, make very small but impactful promos, you know, just in his presence, just in his ability to, you know, captivate on sticking to the points of a promo. Um, I've always been a huge Triple H fan. I know a lot of people give him flack uh, about being an in-ring competitor you know, was he always overhyped? Was he overrated? You know, I've always been a huge fan. I think the guy looks like a million bucks. There's, he's one of the best promos in the game. He's funny. He's hilarious. 
and he's one of the one pe- one and only people in the world, or rarely, uh, one one of the very rare individuals that can play an in-ring competitor this far into his career, uh, almost like The Undertaker, with coming in every now and then, um, and being a part of the authority. I think it really works for him. This past week on Raw 2, we saw a very weird um, match with the Beat the Clock Challenge. That one did not make any sense to me. Now, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm always down for competition. and like, But it almost felt like this week they were going, what are we going to do with these girls? For the last several weeks, we've watched them, you know, like belittle them, each other online on social media. We saw, you know, they've brawled in the ring. Um, you know, they've essentially, they've broken all the rules and just attacked each other in every opportunity they got. And it was almost like they wanted to do something a little different this week beat the clock challenge um had three matches and for those of you who um who didn't catch this match essentially ronda uh, charlotte and becky each faced in a one-on-one match a member of the riot squad and you know ronda went in and beat sarah logan and kind of set the bar um i can't remember i didn't write down the exact time but i think it was something silly like a minute and six seconds or something like that and and then the whole point was then Charlotte was taking on Ruby, Becky was taking on uh, Liv Morgan, and the whole point would be to beat the, beat the clock. Who, who can beat a, a Riot Squad member quicker? It was essentially the thing. It didn't do anything for me. You know, didn't do anything for me at all. Becky Lynch ended up, you know, walking away the winner, you know, defeating Liv Morgan um, with the best time. But it was more like, yeah, she beat him, she wins, but what if she win? She wins nothing. You know, she like, well, she, she, she wins the opportunity to say that she, she beat another person, you know, quicker than someone else. I don't know. That was a little cheesy for me, but interesting nonetheless. Finn won his way. You know, um, Bobby had a two-on-one advantage when he had, he didn't, he doesn't trust Leo Rush right now with Leo sentence, Leo uh, tends to cause Bobby a little bit of uh, a couple problems, you know, been costing Bobby some some matches and opportunities. So, of course, move away Leo Rush, bring in the modern-day Maharaja, Jinder Mahal, uh, to be his uh, tag partner in the 2-on-1 handicap match. Finn, of course, wins. Didn't see it any other way. Ten days away until WrestleMania. We knew we were going to see Finn. Looking back, I don't know. Like, I almost feel... If they knew they were going to get to Bobby defending against Finn at WrestleMania, maybe wouldn't it have been better to have the first time Finn, you know, captures the Intercontinental title be at WrestleMania? Because with all of this back and forth, I don't know if it makes sense that Finn doesn't get the belt at Mania. But I think if he does, I'll be very happy because I think Finn can do a lot of great things with that Intercontinental Championship. But at the same time, it'll make me think, man, like we shouldn't, he shouldn't have captured it before. It could have been his first intercontinental title at WrestleMania. You know, all of this time, it should have been him battling, winning opportunities, you know, winning non-title opportunities to continue to chase that championship. And then finally at WrestleMania, he gets the job done. You know, he captures that championship belt for the very first time. You know, I think that would have just been a little bit more poetic than, well... They've been kind of going back and forth. Bobby was the champion. Finn beat him. Bobby beat Finn. Now they're facing again at Mania. You know, it's a lot of back and forth to go, man, I would have loved to see Finn win it for the first time. But it is what it is.
Of course, we know Roman has accepted Drew's challenge for a WrestleMania match. That had a little confrontation and a little a little scuffle and a buffle. Uh, then, of course, cut to the newest member of the WWE Hall of Fame, the Hart Foundation. And not the full Hart Foundation, but the core, the beginning pieces of the Hart Foundation with Bret the Hitman Hart and Jim the Anvil Neidhart. I'm... I'm really excited that Jim's getting his opportunity. Obviously, you know, very unfortunate that, you know, very recently he's passed away. Uh, would have been really cool to see the anvil there on stage, you know, with his big goatee and cutting a good promo and talking about the good old times of professional wrestling. But nonetheless, it's great to see that he is getting honored and Bret Hart will become a two-time Hall of Famer. Um, you know, later on uh, in a little bit, I want to talk about the Hall of Fame, who's going in. Uh, who's getting more than one ring this night, uh, which is quite a theme uh, this year, but also kind of go over a list about individuals that I think should be in there next. Um, without, and obviously uh, I'm, I'll, I'll kind of state it again later on, but I know some people will say like, well, the reason why they're not in there is because of this, this, and this. Understandably so that, you know, there's lots of reasons why people aren't yet. Um, but I just kind of put together a list of individuals who I think should be in there. All right, let's see here. So obviously we had, you know, a very awkward segment. Well, no, sorry, not awkward. Just, I don't know, uh, underwhelming with um, Alexa and Braun in the ring. Um, you know, then we had uh, Colin Jost. That was incredibly creepy. My... Um, my Amazon A-L-E-X-A, I'm not going to say it, uh, went off when I said Alexa. <laughs> sorry, guys. Uh, so sorry to continue. Uh, so we know that Bliss was in the ring with Braun, um, and so Colin Joss and Michael Che from Saturday Night Live was on the big screen. Um, seemingly, looks like Colin was in, you know, kind of instigating his way through Braun just talking about making fun of him, talking about what are you like 150 pounds, like five foot nine, five foot ten. Um, and, you know, Michael Che trying to be the voice of reason, like, whoa, hold on here. You're going to get us hurt. We just want to kind of do our, you know, our reporting on WrestleMania, want to be a part of WrestleMania. That's kind of all we want to do. But then, of course, Braun, you know, suggesting that why don't you join, you know, the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal and not have to worry about, you know, because if you don't, you're going to have to worry about me getting my hands on you in the backstage. So why not do it in the ring? Um, awkwardly enough, <laughs> you know, Colin accepted. Michael got pulled into the whole charade of everything. And now we know Braun, Michael J, and Colin Jost will be a part of the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Super weird. Um, not to say that we've never seen celebrities be a part of any Royal Rumble or Battle Royal before. You know, some famously that come to mind is Drew Carey being a part of the Royal Rumble, uh, which then led to him being a part of the, you know, celebrity ring of the Hall of Fame. Uh, but of course, Drew had so much more, you know, interest and um, impact on the wrestling behind the scenes in WWE than that. Uh, but no, it's just a little bit of a weird one. I think it's their way of trying to get, you know, and I'm a huge Saturday Night Live fan, and uh, Colin and Michael are hilarious. But I think it was just a little bit of a weird spot to know that, you know, we didn't think there was going to be an Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Then we, you know, Braun kind of keyed us in that there is going to be one. He's going to be in it. And now what we know so far is two people, two non-wrestlers are going to be a part of it. And 
I think it's going to kind of be a little bit of a gimmick match almost, seeing that type of, you know, um, not stipulation, but the, the, I guess that the fact that they're going to be in there kind of makes it seem like it's going to be a little gimmicky to me. I uh, can't find the right word to say on that one. Of course, we had a little funny Elias segments on and off throughout the night with him kind of talking about his performance at WrestleMania. Uh, him being on the streets, you know, guy put, you know, he's drinking a coffee outside, guy puts a quarter in his coffee, um, you know, he's playing outside, a guy grabs his guitar case and runs away with it, and um, I found that, you know, actually, you know, the Elias segments are, you know, pretty, you know, I'm a big Elias fan, but his segments are kind of pretty regular, like, it's it's usually the same thing, you know, comes out, interrupts someone, sings a song, gets interrupted, uh, attacks someone, or gets attacked, those are kind of the, you know, what we see in Elias's um, segments over and over again over the last year, easily. So to kind of see a little bit of a different side, um, a very comedic side, I thought that was very, very cool. Uh, Kurt Angle had his second last match on Monday Night Raw against Samoa Joe. You know, SmackDown lent Joe over to Raw for this match. For those of you who don't know, this, you know, um, Samoa Joe and Kurt Angle have huge history outside of WWE, uh, famously in TNA Impact Wrestling, uh, where, you know, over 10 years ago when Angle joined uh, TNA, they have had many, many matches, championship matches, uh, you know, many, many different storylines. Um, so it was kind of really cool to see them in there again. Obviously, I, you know, Angle still looks like a million bucks, but you can definitely tell that he's slowing down a little bit. You know, Samoa's, you know, he's not a spring chicken himself, but you can definitely tell that the skill level, you know, the, the speed level is quite different from the active competitors now to what Kurt can bring. But, hey, it was a nice little match nonetheless. You know, hearing some people online, or sorry, you know, hearing some of the fans in the arena and reading some people online... You know, people give Angle a lot, a lot, a lot of flack. Just kind of saying, like, he's slow. He doesn't have it anymore. Like, why is he even doing it? He's an embarrassment. Just like anything else, guys, my, my ask is to be open-minded with this type of stuff. Not everything, you know, even though everything in wrestling can be criticized, that doesn't mean that you have to criticize everything that is wrestling. You know, when I watched the match, yes, the, I could easily point out, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, like, oh, you know, that was slower, you know, it, it's not like it was 10 years ago. But no, I watched it with an open mind going, whoa, like, this is one of Kurt Angle's last handful of matches. And this is the last time we're ever going to see Samoa Joe and Kurt Angle in a ring together. Like, let's just enjoy it for what it is. You know, it was a nice little match. I enjoyed the match. And my hope is that whether he puts on a clinic at WrestleMania or he doesn't, just enjoy Kurt Angle and remember, remember him for everything that he's done in the industry, not just remembering him for, you know, one match or his last couple of matches. Paul Heyman uh, definitely pushed Seth Rollins to the limit. Uh, Seth talking about what he's going to do to Brock, talking about what he's been doing to prepare, the mindset he has. Seth has definitely, you know, adapted a really, really, really good babyface mentality where he's not just talking about himself. He's referring everything to we, you know, um, saying, you know, very powerful statements. You know, I'm not going to ask for prayers. I'm here to answer them. And by answering them, it means I'm going to slay the beast. You know, I'm going to burn it down at WrestleMania. 
And also saying, you know, selfless things like, we are going to WrestleMania. We are going to beat Brock. We are going to burn it down, which definitely has the crowds behind him. But no, Paul kind of came out and set uh, Seth off. Seth kind of charged up to the ramp. Paul, in um, normal Paul fashion, kind of like hit the ground. You know, I'm just an advocate. I'm just an advocate. What are you doing? What are you doing? Like, no, 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 no. Like, don't touch me. Like, please. Like, I might talk a big game, but I can't back it up physically, um, you know, for Seth just to kind of, you know, just say, hey, listen, like, I'm not going to get sucked into your mind games. Like, your beast has a big issue at WrestleMania, and that's with me. Of course, at the very end, we had uh, Dean and Drew McIntyre in a last man standing match. Um, really, really, really good match. Um, when I first heard that that match was going on, at first I was like, ah, really, again? Like, don't get me wrong, I find that Dean, in his last little bit of time in the company, or if it is his last little bit of time in, his com- in the company, uh, I'm still skeptic that it's not the case, or I'm hopeful that he resigns or something, I don't know. Maybe it's a swerve, but maybe it's not. But, you know, clearly Dean has been very open to doing the job for Drew to help Drew get over you know, um, you know, Drew's been on a shield tearing, you know, beating up Roman, you know, attacking Roman, you know, the other week and really putting him out for the rest of the night. And numerous weeks in a row, taking out Dean Ambrose, uh, taking out and beating Seth Rollins last week. You know, Dean has demolished the shield single handedly. So Dean, uh, sorry, Dean, Drew McIntyre is definitely on a high pedestal right now. Um, and he's looking really, really, really good. And even though, Roman beats everyone, per se, one-on-one, it's definitely cool because it makes you think, can Roman even beat Drew with how dominant Drew has been lately? Um, It's definitely a heck of a match. These guys are very similar, very different. They bring a lot to the table. I think it's going to be a hell of a match. I don't know who goes over, though. You know, does Roman go over because he's back? Does that, you know kind of douse the flame of Drew McIntyre right now if that happens or is it the time of Drew I'm of the big I'm of the big uh fan of the fact that between now and next WrestleMania you're going to see Drew McIntyre as a champion for sure he's going to be a champion between now and next year you know that guy's you know he's re, he he's just if you remember what he was before, you know, with the three-man band, the chosen one from Vince McMahon way, way long ago, 10 years ago, to where he is now, McIntyre looks like a million bucks. And that's the type of guy you can put the championship on. And he will be a heel that runs with the business and run with the company on his back. So really, really excited to see the future for Drew McIntyre. But that's it for Raw. Kind of a little bit going to SmackDown. SmackDown didn't have as big of an agenda, mainly because SmackDown was, um, just like the previous week of SmackDown, it was majorly majority kind of taken up by the gauntlet match uh, with Kofi uh, this week with the New Day. Uh, and Xavier and Big E uh, fighting for Kofi's life at WrestleMania. So very, very quickly, uh, the quick rundown of SmackDown this week. Of course, as we talked about at the start of the show, Charlotte is the new SmackDown Women's Champion, defeating Asuka. The match was not promoted. The ma- we didn't know it was coming up until we saw it at the, at the, at the, at the, on Tuesday night. And, and even when we saw it, it was like, wait, this is for the, you know, for the SmackDown Live you know, Women's Championship. And everyone was like, wait, what? And, okay, well, 
she's not going to beat her. Like, why would you put the SmackDown Women's Championship on Charlotte so close to WrestleMania when she's already facing for, you know, a championship? But no. Shock the world. Charlotte and new. Your new SmackDown WWE uh, Women's Champion. Which is very interesting to think, right? Because I believe... Uh, and I don't think anything's going to change unless something changes between now and the next week of next week's Raw and SmackDown. But it is Ronda Rousey's Raw Women's Championship that's on the line um, at WrestleMania. So to think if Charlotte wins, Charlotte is both the Raw and SmackDown Women's Champion? That's crazy to think. Or are both titles on the line? I doubt it. I don't know why they would unify that yet, but uh, or at all, unless they diminish the brand. Uh, split but that's crazy guys you know that's really really crazy to think that you know it's already been a crazy road to get there but now there's two champions in the championship match that's I don't know I have so many questions about Asuka what that meant for her why you know I I know I kind of mentioned earlier that maybe they didn't have a credible opponent for Asuka um I know the last couple of weeks I've been mentioning here that I always thought that a good way of getting Charlotte out and making it just Becky and Ronda would have been um, for Charlotte to find her way to challenge Asuka for the SmackDown Women's Championship at WrestleMania. But obviously that's not that never happened. That's not going to happen. And uh, yeah, I guess I was really stumped on that one. That was a big, big, big shocker. The last time I was shocked like that was when AJ Styles you know, very close to Survivor Series, beat Jinder Mahal for the WWE Championship on SmackDown to then face Brock Lesnar at Survivor Series. Um, Definitely didn't see that coming. Of course, next we had uh, Kurt Angle in his second last SmackDown match ever, uh, going against once again, just like Samoa Joe, uh, an old TNA Impact rival in AJ Styles. Those guys have a huge rivalry going back. And I'll definitely tell you, if you've never, ever, ever seen anything of Kurt Angle alone, check out the network, you know, over the last 20 years. And also check out YouTube, you know, search, you know, TNA or Impact Wrestling, uh, Kurt Angle versus AJ Styles. You know, pun intended, phenomenal. Absolutely. Uh, Of course, this one didn't really, we didn't get the full match. Randy Orton you know, kind of came in and interfered, kind of spoiled spoiled us of that last match. But if anything, I will say, it was a good piece that Orton interfered because it was another thing to build onto AJ Styles and Randy Orton's feud going into WrestleMania. Kind of one of those, like, you know, they've been going back and forth amongst each other, but now I'm going to take that moment. You want that last match against Kurt Angle? I'm taking that moment away from you. That's exactly what that was. So I found that pretty neat. Um, I was disappointed that the match was interrupted because I would have liked to see, you know, someone come out as a clear winner. Um, But at the same time, kind of thinking of it out loud, I guess, do you have Kurt lose? You know, Kurt's been winning leading up to WrestleMania, but do you have Kurt lose to AJ Styles? But also to think that, you know, um, if Kurt cleanly beat AJ that kind of hurts AJ a little bit going into WrestleMania. So it was probably for the right reasons to definitely make sure that both individuals can walk away from that match saying that they've had it and it's happened in WWE. Um, but also no one really had to lose. So I guess that was kind of a crafty way now that I think about it out loud. 
Miz, you know, Miz was all over the place. Miz was kicking butt all over the arena. Um, he looked like a miniature Braun Strowman on SmackDown, uh, beating up everyone, you know, talking about, you know, the stipulations he wants added to the match. I'll tell you, the Miz, uh, as I said at the beginning of the show when we were talking about the WrestleMania breakdown of the matches, you know, this is the one match that I'm not really as invested in, but Miz I'm invested in. What he's bringing to the table and what he's trying to... He's, he, I almost feel like The Miz knows that this is kind of like... It doesn't really do much for me by beating Shane or facing Shane at WrestleMania. But he, got, he has an opportunity to make this so much better. So Miz has always been one to take anything and turn it into so much more. Um, which I've always... That's one of the things I've always loved about The Miz. And he's definitely doing it with this match, so... Um, I can't say necessarily that I'm excited, but I'm curious on how that's going to go. All right, so that was really it. You know, Charlotte beating Asuka in a good long match, Kurt and, and Styles with an interference from Morton, uh, The Miz. And then we kind of went into the gauntlet match, which was almost half the show, just like the previous week with Kofi and his gauntlet. Um, the new day, uh, the task at hand here is that if, you know, if you want to get Kofi in, you know, the new day really, and, and I'll tell you, it's been really tough because we're either making it more than it is, but it almost seems like WWE is playing the race card a little bit. But at the same time, I, I want to just say that maybe we're all, including myself, reading into that more too much than we need to. You know, but with Vince saying, people like you, you know, are a B-plus player. People like you don't deserve. You know, it's... And maybe I'm thinking that way because, unfortunately, society has brainwashed us in thinking, like, well, what do you mean, you people? Like, what does that mean? Um, and I kind of hate that that's where my, where my mind went to. But you, you can't help but think. But... But clearly, this is the new day. Um, I don't want to think that it's a black versus white thing or a black thing. And uh, I just think it's a new day thing versus the authority. You know, um, Vince kind of chuckling, saying, you're not going to quit. Like, you are never going to quit. Like, where are you going to go? Like, you guys ain't going anywhere. Which then led to this match where, you know what? I'm going to give you one more chance. If your buddies, Xavier and Biggie, go through the gauntlet and win the gauntlet, you're going to go to WrestleMania that's it you know and then okay cool uh so kofi's you know his uh his life's on the line here at wrestlemania with his brothers the new day uh they first start off now so we'll go into like um i'm not gonna break down like all sequences needs matches we'll kind of talk about who they faced and um but i hated that the club with Gallows and Anderson was the first team that came out. And it's been a long time since we've seen the club. Um, and the, the, not only are they the first ones in the gauntlet match, but they get defeated in like a minute. And, you know, I don't know. Just I just wish so much more for those guys because I think they're so amazingly talented. They're so amazingly good. They can be running the tag team division anywhere. Uh, inside and outside of WWE, but they're just always put in that place, and I don't get it. If anything, not seeing the club on SmackDown for quite some time, I almost would have loved the club to be the last match, because you're thinking to yourself, okay, well, well, they, Vince didn't announce who it's going to be in the gauntlet. Like, we don't know how many matches there's going to be. 
and the announcers did a really good job. You know, Graves did a great job really playing up that fact on going like, we don't even know how many matches the gauntlet is. Is it two? Is it three? Is it ten? Is it twenty? Who knows how many tag teams they're going to have to get through. I would have loved to have seen after going through everyone, because you kind of thought to yourself, like, okay, like the Usos, the bar, you know, Shinsuke Rusev, like, like the, the people who they faced were who you expected. Um, but I would have loved to, like, you know, like the last match here, the bar, you know, um, the club comes out with Gallows and Anderson. You know, after going through all those battles to have, you know, one of the legendary tag teams, uh, you know, across the world be your last match. But that's just me. But no, the New Day takes on uh, the club, takes them out very, very quickly. Uh, then their next opponents are Rusev and Nakamura. Uh, a little bit, quite a little bit more of a struggle in that match. But, you know, once again, they of course they won. Uh, the third match is against The Bar with Sheamus and Cesaro. Uh, a really, really good hard-hitting match in that one as well. The fourth contenders, which seemingly, we, I guess, we didn't know was the last one. Um, but the Usos come out. And, and to think, after you know, getting attacked by Rusev and, and Shinsuke, after getting attacked by the bar, and just getting beaten up by you know, these competitors after the matches, after they're finding ways to win... Um, the Usos, like one of the best tag teams in the world, uh, the tag team champions are coming down. Um, it was kind of very much like even the crowd kind of was like, whoa, okay, like that's a big feat. But the Usos, anyone who watches, you know, wrestling, you know, the, the, the New Day and the Usos have a, a long history together, especially if you watch Up, Up, Down, Down on YouTube, Xavier Woods Gaming Channel, which if you haven't, please check that out. Up, Up, Down, Down is an amazing, it's a bunch of WWE superstars playing against each other in video games and retro games and newer games, and it's really, really awesome. You can watch hours of footage on that. Um, but no, the Usos and the New Day have always had absolute respect for one another. So for the Usos to come down and really say, like, you know, we've gone through it all. You know, this is Kofi's year, and we know that. Everyone else knows that. That's why we're forfeiting. And then they walk out, and an absolute tip of the hat, an absolute show of respect by the Usos, which was very, very tasteful. But then the last team. You saw in the back after that happened, it almost looked like that was supposed to be the last one. Um, but then you saw Daniel Bryan going crazy in the back, throwing chairs, hitting things, just being absolutely upset that the New Day, Xavier and Big E, got as far as they did. Now come to um, the last match, kind of very apropos, kind of like very similar to the previous week where Kofi went through the gauntlet and beat everyone he's going to mania but nope you have one more opponent which was daniel bryan same thing here you have one more opponent and that is daniel bryant and rowan you know crazy match hard-hitting match poor new day is drained they're tired they're exhausted but they push and they overcome and for what a great way rowan is the legal man and Biggie kind of shoves him over the side and lifts the announce table and puts it on top of him. They get the count of 10. They win the match. They hit the ground. Kofi runs out. The place goes wild. Everyone's happy. 
Um, you know, the locker room pours out an absolute celebration that Kofi Kingston is going to WrestleMania to face Daniel Bryan for the WWE Championship. Like, it's so cool just to say that. It's so cool to think that that's going to be a thing. Um, I'm so friggin' excited. I can't even tell you. Um, you know, obviously, it's crazy to see that WWE has changed their model with that they're they're being more willing to I don't know like and I just want to say this kind of take a step back we talk about and we make fun of the quote-unquote long road to Wrestlemania you know a lot of last minute decisions last minute matches I don't want to say that you know a lot of people are saying that the WWE is just very unorganized this year they don't know what they're doing they're making all these changes but I'll tell you I don't think that's it I think WWE and their brand model change is they're being more willing to taking their time, you know, like last year, you know, last year at WrestleMania, everyone saw Roman and Brock, they booed, they booed Roman out of that arena because everyone thought that Roman was going to win. And WWE was easier to look at that and go like, well, what do you want from us? Like we know, we knew Roman was going to be in this match a year ago. So here you go. It was a delightful surprise for the crowd when, Roman didn't win because um, everyone was booing, boring, boo, boo. But then, you know, Roman is all busted open, bleeding, gets hit with another F5 and Brock walks away, you know, and still. And the crowd goes, oh, my God, like he, he didn't win the title. He, Brock retained. That's crazy. Um, I think now that WWE is a little bit more willing to say, hey, listen, let's make some changes on the go. Let's, you know, make some changes on the fly and be willing to listen to the crowd because this is a definition of them listening to the crowd. Obviously, you have to ask yourself the question, would this be the match if Mustafa Ali never got hurt? What was the original idea? I don't know. But all I do know is that we're getting one of the... Uh, like, I don't even want to say like we were looking forward to it because this all kind of came out of nowhere. But I didn't expect that Kofi would be in this position, and I'm so happy that he is, because he's so deserving. But no, that's it so far for Raw SmackDown this week, guys. You know, I, I know I've been rambling about wrestling and WrestleMania and everything else. How about we take a really quick break? And after the break, uh, I'm going to grab myself a snack, I'm going to grab myself a drink, I'm going to go to the washroom. But then when we're back, um, I want to just kind of cop, cap out tonight uh, talking about Hall of Fame, who's going in, and also maybe who we, might we see go in, in the next couple of years based off of the WWE alumni page. Um, and I'd like to kind of just, you know, spark up a little bit of debate with you guys. But please hold, guys. I'll be right back after the break. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. Thank you for that short little break. Um, so, no, let's cap off the evening and the episode with kind of going over a couple of miscellaneous topics. Um, and also, one thing I know we talked about last week, C4 uh, Reign of Fire event. 
Um, my hope and plan this week was to actually have uh, our good buddy Pete come on the podcast and do a little bit of a recap, as I unfortunately was not able to attend. Uh, I did purchase a ticket. I'm actually looking at the ticket right now as we speak. Um, but I had a little bit, had something come up last minute that uh, did not allow me to go, uh, which was very disappointing because I heard that it was an absolutely amazing event. Um, so I do hope to hit their next card, excuse me, that I think is in April, April 26th, 16th, something like that. And I think there's a six in there. I'm not sure. Um, but unfortunately Pete was not able to attend this week because he's a little under the weather. So Pete, get better, buddy. Um, hopefully maybe next week or in the near future, we can get you on to talk about, uh, C4's Reign of Fire and to talk about your experience, um, and the breakdown of the matches. Uh, really looking forward to that if we can get that to happen. Also, um, was looking around online on the internet, and uh, I found this really cool WWE uh, video on YouTube, on WWE's official YouTube channel, uh, called The Untold Story of of the ECW Relaunch. It's a 23-minute video that kind of talks about uh, Paul Heyman and a bunch of WWE superstars or ECW alumni talk about, you know, their time with the one night only that came out and um, and WWE making it a brand, the third brand alongside Raw and SmackDown. Um, It's a really, really cool watch. So I definitely, you know, definitely encourage you to take a look at that show or show or video um, as I really much enjoyed it. As well as we do have Kenny Omega was on TSM promoting the Omega Man documentary. I have not seen the documentary yet, uh, but I have heard it was quite good. Um, so I would love to hear if you guys have seen it yet. Please let me know. I uh, would love to hear your take on it and if it's a thumbs up or a thumbs down. But either which way, when I do get a chance to watch it, I will definitely, definitely make it a segment on the podcast and, um, and go over it with you guys. All right, let's, um, you know, let's kind of get to the Hall of Fame part that I was looking forward to getting to. So this year's Hall of Fame is definitely a little bit of a different feel than usual. Um, A lot of teams, um, different individuals who I would say, you know, before before we knew who was going to be into the Hall of Fame, if, you know, if we asked a million people to put a list together, I don't think anyone's would have come nearly as close as this list here. So who do we know is going in so far? I don't know if it's, I think, uh, what do we say? one, two, three, four, five. So like six announcements have been made. Sometimes they go a little bit less. Sometimes they go a little bit more. I, I'm, I'd like to think that one more will maybe be announced next Monday. Uh, I'm unsure. But what do we know so far? We know that D-Generation X is going into the Hall of Fame. And with DX, you have Triple H, you have Shawn Michaels, you have X-Pac, you have Billy, uh, you have Road Dog, and you have China, all representing D-Generation X. We know that recently this week, we know the Hart Foundation with Bret Hart and uh, Jim, the Anvil, Jim the Anvil Neidhart uh, will also join them. Uh, Harlem Heat, Booker T and Stevie Ray. Uh, didn't expect that to happen, and I know we talked about it the other week, but hey, they're in, they're going in. That's great, that's awesome. Tori Wilson uh, is kind of going in as this year's female. The Honky Tonk Man, that one's been a long, long time coming. Uh, so good to see uh, Honky finally in there. And of course, Sue, um, uh, what is it? Aitchison? Aitchison? I'm butchering her name. I'm so sorry. It's one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm really mispronouncing her name wrong. 
but uh, she is the uh, recipient of the Warriors Award. Um, Sue, for those of you who don't know, um, not very well known to the public, as she's been working behind the scenes in WWE for over 30 years. Uh, Sue, you know, plays a massive part in partnerships, Make-A-Wish foundations, charities. She essentially puts smiles on people's faces, and there is not one past or present WWE superstar or anyone that's been in the business that has a bad thing to say about this woman. Um, I think us as the regular public don't know too much about her, of course, in her Warrior Warrior Award speech. I'm sure we're going to learn a little bit more about her, uh, but that's awesome. And it's really, really cool to see WWE uh, celebrating, you know, non-traditional um, people in the business. You know, I, I would love to see referees, you know, um, I'm sure, you know, Kevin Dunn one day will be in the Hall of Fame. Um, you know, I think there, there's some people behind the cameras, you know, and behind the screens that we don't see and we don't talk about often that are definitely, definitely deserving of being in the Hall of Fame. So I hope that Sue is, um, you know, the start of a, a, a much, um, I don't know, I guess more of a opens the door to future backstage individuals to be a part. That's what I'm looking for. And sorry, guys, I know I didn't say so earlier, but um, it's definitely been a long week, a long day. It's, uh, I was only actually able to get this recording started later on in the evening, and I'm also a little bit under the weather, so I appreciate you guys bearing with me. So that's what we know. Now, it's funny. Well, I was looking through, and every now and then I go on WWE's website, and I kind of look around, and, you know, Sometimes I like going to the, you know, the Superstar page, and on the Superstar page, you can break things down, looking at, you know, the Hall of Fame. Um, they, interestingly enough, too, have, like, a list of champions, you know, like Universal Champion 2016 to present, the WWE Championship 1963 to present. You can also look at, you know, all of the full roster for Raw, SmackDown, NXT, current superstars, uh, 205 Live, Hall of Fame, WWE alumni, WCW alumni, ECW alumni. Essentially, if you've ever been in a ring, you're on this site in some way, shape, or form. Uh, so I was scrolling through it, and, and I guess the reason why I wanted to kind of talk about this is there was a lot of individuals that I did not know were not in the Hall of Fame. And I kind of wanted to talk about that and more so just go through the list of now I'll tell you a lot of these people I knew were not. And I know, like I said earlier, I don't want this to turn into like this whole debate of, well, there's a reason why they're not in the Hall of Fame. Um, like, for example, Owen Hart is not in the Hall of Fame. Um, and for those of you who don't know, the reason why she, he's not in the Hall of Fame is not because no one wants him to. It's not because WWE is afraid. It's because... Um, his wife, Owen Hart's wife, will refuse to allow them to because she feels that, and, and Bret Hart has been a big advocate, big advocate of trying to get Owen in the Hall of Fame, um, but she just refuses to, thinking that you're making a mockery of his death. You know, by, by putting him in the Hall of Fame, you're bringing up how he died again. And, you know, I think that's selfish. I don't know Owen. I've never, I never met Owen. I've never met Owen's wife. Um, but I think that's really selfish because Owen gave so much to the fans, so much to WWE, um, created such a legacy in such a short period of time. 
We want him in the Hall of Fame because we want to celebrate his life, not his death. We want to remember the jokes he made. We want to hear the Owen stories and the jokes. And, and, and that's why we want him in the Hall of Fame. So I think it's very unfortunate. Hopefully one day it does happen. Um, but unfortunately, um, it hasn't happened yet. Other individuals will kind of quickly go through a list. So Christian... Uh, of Edge and Christian is not in the Hall of Fame that we know that's going to come. I'm I'm sur- sure he's going to come every year that Christian's in the Hall of Fame, either um, inducting someone or doing a speech. He always makes a little bit of a jab at, and I'm not in here yet, or <laughs> when's my time coming, which is pretty cool and really funny. Uh, Brian Pillman's not in the Hall of Fame. You know, that one I know is also maybe a little hard because, you know, I don't want to say his passing was well-documented, but, um, you know, he definitely was at the at the pinnacle of, of his career when he passed away. Um, you know, Brian has such a d- deep history in WCW and ECW and WWE, uh, WWF at the time, and, you know, historically known for the Hollywood Blondes when he was a tag team partner of Stone Cold Steve Austin and WCW. Um, you know, I would love to see Brian Pillman and especially too, now that Brian Pillman's son, um, is in independent wrestling, uh, and he's a darn good independent wrestler at that. And it would be really, really cool to maybe see his son induct him into the hall of fame. That'd be really, really neat. Uh, Bruiser Brody is not in the Hall of Fame. Once again, Bruiser Brody, and um, and I'm not going to try to act like I know why people aren't in the Hall of Fame, but um, obviously the biggest, the, one of the big things about Bruiser Brody is his death and how he died uh, when he was murdered was well, unfortunately well documented. Um, so I don't know if maybe that made him so much bigger or more popular than he really was. That was way before my time, but if you've never watched a Bruder Brosie match, uh, definitely please do so. Um, it was He was very, very entertaining. Brutus to Barber Beefcake is not in the Hall of Fame. That's pretty crazy. Um, obviously, I know Brutus has had his beef. <laughs> Pun intended on that one. Um, and sorry, guys, as the podcast goes along, I find myself getting a lot more stuffed up. Uh, so I really apologize. Um, but no, Brutus DeBarbe Beefcake is not in the Hall of Fame. And, you know, the big question is, is he deserving? I don't know. You know, like, it was a short run he had. Um, you know, I think when we think about, if you're my age, I'm 34 years old, and if you grew up and your childhood was in the late 80s, early 90s, you and you watched wrestling, you would remember. If you said who were the biggest stars, people would say Hulk Hogan, Jake the Snake, Andre the Giant, Ultimate Warrior, and, and Brutus DeBarber Beefcake would be in there as well. He was known as you know Hulk Hogan's right-hand man and, and best friend. So, I don't know. I'd, I would really like to see him you know, get, his, uh, get his due and get into the Hall of Fame. Um, I believe last I saw in Brutus, uh, he was recently, you know, he's gone through surgery. He's recovering right now. I got the pleasure of meeting Brutus to Barber Beefcake at a C4 event um, a couple of years ago uh, when I was there with Kyle. Got a picture taken. Uh, that guy's huge. He's so huge. It's crazy. Uh, the British Bulldog's not in the WWE Hall of Fame. That one's also a little bit of a shocker with, um, you know, when you look at the Heart Foundation, um, you know, the battles that Brett and the Bulldog had at SummerSlam. I, was, I think it was SummerSlam 92 when it was uh, for the Intercontinental title and the British Bulldog beat Bret Hart. That was crazy. 
Um, you know, so yeah, the, the Bulldog definitely, I believe, should be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, another individual, Dean Malenko, is not in the Hall of Fame. You know, the man of a thousand holds. Dean, you know, has played a huge part, in, you know, as an agent and a producer in WWE. Um, alongside, you know, a WCW alumni himself. Um, he never really won, you know, like uh, world titles in the business and stuff. But I'd like to think his contributions to the business um, should get him there. But also, he was always known as an amazing in-ring technician. Uh, he was great. I remember his, uh, in the 90s, Dean Malenko versus Chris Jericho. Uh, that was a really, really fun little feud. Dr. Death, Steve Williams, uh, not in the Hall of Fame. Demolition, not in the Hall of Fame. I thought Demolition was in the Hall of Fame. Like, I swore if you would have said, like, 100 bucks, Demolition's in the Hall of Fame, I would have been like, yeah, yeah, they are. But they're not. Very interesting. Um, now, at the same time, I say that out loud, it's really hard to induct someone into the Hall of Fame when they're trying to sue you. I believe there was a class action lawsuit and Demolition's names were a part of that. Um, I can't remember what the lawsuit was about, but um, but I'm sure by them being a part of it, they're not going to go, hey, come into our Hall of Fame. Um, Doink the Clown, not in the Hall of Fame. Earthquake, not in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Fit Finley, not in the Hall of Fame. I feel... Fit Finley, you know, once again for his contributions to the business, my hope, uh, and plus two, he was a great in-ring competitor. Uh, you know, early early, uh, early 2000s uh, when uh, WCW went under, you know, he kind of moved over to WWE and um, had some small feuds here and there. And But Finley's contributed so much to the backstage of WWE, and I'd love to see him get his due. Uh, Haku. Haku's not in the Hall of Fame. That's pretty crazy. Bob Holly, I'd love to see Bob Holly get in the Hall of Fame one day. Urban R. Shakespeare, IRS, not in the Hall of Fame. Jim Cornette. <laughs> I know uh, probably a lot of people are laughing right now. Jim Cornette, why would Jim Cornette be in the Hall of Fame? Uh, I think Jim Cornette is one million percent Hall of Fame worthy. But politics might prevent him from going. And also, too, I'm not to say that... He would even want to go into the Hall of Fame. You know, obviously, a couple of years ago, Jim came in to uh, induct someone in the Hall of Fame the other year. Um, but I don't, I don't know if he was asked if he would even do it. Or maybe he has been asked. Who knows? Um, Kamala, not in the Hall of Fame. Uh, that was an interesting one, too. Um, Ken Shamrock. Now... I wouldn't say I'm shocked that he's not in the Hall of Fame, but he's one that I feel could be in the Hall of Fame down the road. You know, Ken Shamrock was one of the very few people in the early days that was doing UFC fighting, a legitimate fighter, and made it into the you know professional sport of professional wrestling. Um, and he was good. He was really, really good. My understanding from what I've read before is that the reasons why Ken didn't continue with the company, um, WWE that is, was a contract dispute. Um, right after that, Ken went on to NWA TNA and became their very first NWA TNA World Heavyweight Champion and kind of continued his wrestling career um, for a good little while. But, but yeah, I always thought that Ken Shamrock could have been, you know, the, the WWE Champion way back in the day. 
Um, you know, he had the look, he had the size, he had the athleticism. You know, he, he worked really, really well. Usually you see a lot of USC fighters that, are, that try pro wrestling and they're very clunky, you know, and they're, and they're not so coordinated. But Ken Shamrock was definitely the exception to that rule. Kevin Sullivan, not in the WWE Hall of Fame. Uh, once again, that might be maybe down the road, uh, but definitely someone who I can see uh, I could see be there. The, this one really shocked me here. I thought King Kong Bundy was already in the damn Hall of Fame. How is King Kong Bundy not in the Hall of Fame? That is nuts. Um, like, come on, WrestleMania 2, cage match, Hulk Hogan, let's go. Um... But no, hey, it's, I guess it is what it is, the politics, or just, once again, not saying politics always, but sometimes people want to go in, some pe- people don't want to go in, but, um, but that was a shocker as well. So I really hope King Kong Bundy uh, can get his place in the Hall of Fame in the future. Lex Luger, not in the Hall of Fame. Um, you know, in the early 90s and, you know, late 80s, it was always kind of thought that Lex Luger would take over for Hulk Hogan when Hulk went into the movie scene. Um, Lex in a much different spot in his life now. I believe he's paralyzed and he's in a wheelchair. And, um, but, you know, I, I, I don't know his relationship with WWE. I guess that's where it becomes really hard. And I don't want to speak so... I kind of want to make this list more of a here's a list of people that I'm either shocked of and or think could or should be a part of. I think Lex Luger is 100% Hall of Fame worthy. Um, And I would love to see him in there one day. But who knows? Who knows what his relationship is like with WWE now? Luna Vashaw. You know, um, a very historic, you know, um, very impactful to the you know, women's evolution um, of the, you know, of the 90s and and early 2000s. And um, I think she can absolutely be an individual that's in the Hall of Fame at some point. The Rockers, Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty. Uh, I can almost see that's where the Rockers would make um, Shawn Michaels a three-time ring holder for the WWE Hall of Fame. Because I think the Rockers can absolutely go into the Hall of Fame. Miss Elizabeth is not in the Hall of Fame. I was kind of a little shocked when they did the Macho Man and they didn't just do the Macho Man and Elizabeth. But at the same time, I get it. And they have both passed away at that time and they weren't a couple anymore. So it's probably not as appropriate, I guess. But I would love to see Miss Elizabeth get her chance in the Hall of Fame. Uh, the model Rick Martel, not in the Hall of Fame. Psycho Sid, not in the Hall of Fame. Nasty Boys, not in the Hall of Fame. Vader, not in the Hall of Fame. Unfortunately, over the last year or so, um, you know, we lost Vader. Uh, Vader, you know, it must have been very scary, but he was given a clock on his life where I think they, the doctor told him, you have like two years. Um, two years and that's it. And obviously Vader has passed away. And um, But I think he's definitely, for all of his time in WCW, WWE, New Japan, Vader is a Hall of Famer. He's a legendary athlete, and I'd love to see him get his chance. Also, some people that I'm not, once again, shocked that aren't in the Hall of Fame, but I would love to see in the Hall of Fame, Brooklyn Brawler. You know, that guy, you know, he made jobbing cool. You know, he put so many people over and he helped so many people in the ring. And he was such a long tenured employee of the WWE. Uh, I, I think, you know, he's historical just for what he was able to do. Not, not of all of his accomplishments, but once again, his contributions to the business. Um, Tom, Dr. Tom Pritchard, you know, I know 
Tom Pritchard didn't spend a lot of time in WWE per se. Um, you know, he's been in many, many different tag teams. And I think his last tag team run in WWE was in 96 uh, when he was with Chris Candido as the Body Donis. Um, but Tom Pritchard is historically known uh, who have trained some of the best people in professional wrestling. Um, he's, he, right now he has a wrestling school with Kane, I believe. And um, it's very, very popular. He produces, man, like uh, when you hear Bruce Pritchard talk about his brother's school and the people who he's, he's, he's trained in the ring, um, it's quite an impressive list. Uh, Zeb Coulter, not in the Hall of Fame, I think can absolutely be, you know, Dutch Mantel. If you've never seen the old Dutch Mantel matches, go watch Dutch Mantel, known as we know now as Zeb Coulter. Um, who else? Who else? Oh, one person who I'd love to see in the Hall of Fame, Savio Vega. You know, Savio was one of those steady Eddie, mid-carter, you know, was never he never won a bunch of championships or anything. But when I think, when I close my eyes and I think of the 90s, I think of Savio Vega. I think of, you know, the Los Bariquas. I think of, um, you know, during the Attitude Era, I think of Savio Vega versus Stone Cold Steve Austin, you know, and all the matches that they had in that feud. And, and those were really, really cool times. So I know Savio, I don't know what he's doing in the industry now, but I was always a huge Savio Vega fan. But that's it, everyone. Uh, I'm starting to lose my voice a little bit, so I'm going to cut it out. Um, and I think we're going to end the podcast there. Uh, thanks so much, everything, guys. You know, this is my third week in a row, um, you know, recording solo. Uh, and just in case any of you guys are wondering, um, no, Kyle has not left the podcast. Um, life does kind of get uh, the best of us sometimes, and we get really, really busy. And um, and it just unfortunately, Kyle has not been able to make it the last couple of weeks. But we hope to see Kyle back in the near future. Um, I hope I'm entertaining you in this meantime. Um, and also as well, please make sure give me suggestions like I talked about last week and every week, and I'm going to talk about it again tonight. Um, I want to produce content that you guys want to listen to. I want to, you know, yes, we do the podcast once a week, but if you want to hear something specific, if you want detail or hear more information about a topic, a show, if you want me to do a watch along, I have no problems doing an additional show. It doesn't have to replace this week's show, um, but I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts. Hit us up on social media, 613Wrestling, on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Um, you know, let us know. Send us a direct message or tweet us at 613Wrestling and, you know, let us know. Is there, a, is there an in-your-house pay-per-view from the 90s you want to hear or a SummerSlam or a WrestleMania? Or is there a certain competitor or superstar, past, present, you know, that you want uh, more information or just what I feel or what Kyle or what we feel about on them? Um, or if you want to just know more about us, you know, uh, definitely anything and everything, you know, so please let us know. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, and once again, hope you guys have a great week and we will see you next week where we will recap, uh, the final road to WrestleMania. Where are we officially going at that point when we record on Thursday? It'll just be days away until WrestleMania. We'll talk about NXT TakeOver. We'll talk about WrestleMania. We'll talk about Raw. We'll talk about SmackDown. We'll talk about everything on that big old long road to WrestleMania. So once again, guys, my name is Mark. Thank you for listening. Hope you have a great night, and I will see you down the road. Take it easy.